Doing Ministry Well. Alrighty, thanks for checking in with another episode of Doing Ministry Well. We are here in uh, beautiful Manoa Valley, and today on the show we have Dean Sherman. Dean, thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, it's so good to be with you. Alright, well Dean, uh, my first interaction with you ever was with some videotapes that you recorded in the 80s uh, during my DTS in Nashville, uh, Discipleship Training School with Youth with a Mission in uh, Nashville. They showed the relationship video series that you taught and uh, from the 80s, and that was in 2003, and we got a real kick out of that. It was uh, entertaining and excellent content as well, and then we were real blessed to have you teach in person on spiritual warfare. So uh, tell me a little bit about um, how long you've been in ministry and, and what you're up to now. I've been in ministry 50 years. I wow. I came out of Bible college in 1965, so hmm. this will be my 50th year in ministry. Wow, congratulations. And uh, what, what type of things are keeping you busy now? Well, I've been with uh, Youth of the Mission for 48 years. Um, after two years as a youth pastor after Bible college, I went out on a YWAM outreach to the South Pacific, the islands of Tonga. And um, I've been with YWAM ever since. I thought it would be eight weeks, and I didn't get back to the United <laughs> States for five years. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Um, what's been the biggest highlight in your 50 years of ministry? Do you think there's one thing that really really points to you as a highlight? I think probably pioneering in uh, Papua New Guinea and Australia were my highlights. And the reason I say that is because I was just finding out really what ministry was all about and not knowing what was going to happen next and seeing God do amazing things when we had no idea to know what we were doing and uh, just just seeing God uh, move and do particular things. We went to Pop I was in Papua New Guinea in 1970, 1971 the first six months there with our team, we were out in evangelism every day, hmm. and we probably saw less than ten converts. Oh, wow. And then, and this is in my spiritual warfare book, but uh, then I went into a time of fasting and prayer in Papua New Guinea, and God gave us some keys about what we should do, and we, we began to put these keys into practice in a kind of an extreme way and the Spirit of God just changed everything and in the first six months we only had about 10 converts in the second six months in Papua New Guinea we planted nine churches oh, wow! and those churches have since amalgamated into one big church that still remains there oh, excellent. and it has started 800 churches oh, wow. all over Papua New Guinea and when you hear that kind of thing and look back on it, you realize, wow, this was what we refer to as revival, and mm. you didn't even realize <laughs> it was. But we had a baptism in the ocean every Sunday afternoon as a YWAM team for five years. Wow. And it was never one and two. It was 17, 27, wow. 36. And these were all people that we had led to the Lord That's and that amazing. were that were going into these various fellowships around the city of Port Moresby. So that was without a doubt the highlight of all of my 50 years, I would hmm. say. Hmm. That's good. Uh, on the flip side, what's been the biggest struggle of your ministry and how did you overcome that? 
the biggest struggle of my ministry probably has been uh, in situations where I was trying to get YWAM going in Australia or trying to get uh, trying to uh, run a YWAM training base and just not having response you know there are times in ministry which I didn't realize in the beginning but there are times in ministry like those first six months in Port Moresby where just nothing happens and you begin to wonder are is is God in this are we meant to be here should we leave uh, we're we're putting out all this effort and prayer and nothing is happening hmm. and that's where I really got some of the understanding that uh, there has to be a build-up in the in the spirit world and then things kind of tip reach critical mass and hmm. kind of tip over in the spirit so hmm. Hmm. Um, if you had to share three practical tips with our listeners on how to do ministry well what would those three things be how to do ministry well always minister out of a passion Hmm. never just do bible studies or teachings on a subject or those things they have of course they have benefit because anytime you learn the bible you're having benefit but if you want real powerful life-changing world-changing ministry you want to you want to minister out of something that you feel very strongly about Hmm. One of the reasons I have ministered on things like relationships and spiritual warfare is not just because of curriculum or they're my favorite subjects or things that I've that I've made a study of, but because those are the things in my early ministry that I realized were were missing hmm. in most uh, the biggest problem I saw in Christian Christians' lives and in churches and in YWAM centers and in missions was bad relationships Hmm. and uh, then the biggest gap that I saw in people's effectiveness and ministry was that we were not engaging the forces of darkness in the heavenlies Hmm. so I've had a passion that's continued for over 40 years on those two subjects people think I'm locked in to and I don't expand and people regularly pray oh get God give Dean more fresh (laughs) material But this is just as fresh as it ever was because it's still a passion. I still see the desperate need for this. I see people's lives changed and I see their ministries take on a whole new uh, urgency and and power. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I would say that the way to have effective ministry is to speak out of passion something that really grips your heart mm, that's good that's good what would uh, what would the second thing be uh, the second thing that would make for effective ministry is depend on the Holy Spirit hmm. the church one of the church's biggest problems is that we think we can do by education and knowledge what Jesus told us we couldn't do without the Holy Spirit. Hmm. When good. Jesus uh, when Jesus left word for us disciples uh, before he ascended into heaven, he gave very simple instructions. Go and preach the gospel, teach all nations, but don't go until you have the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. He did not say get trained. He did not say do anything else. He just said wait for the Holy Spirit. So Jesus seemed to think 
that the power uh, and the illumination of the Holy Spirit is enough hmm. to reach the world. Wow. Now that doesn't mean that in this day we don't need education. Right. We do. We definitely do. Right. And people ought to learn the Bible, and they ought to learn things that they can uh, produce and function in in society. So it doesn't mean Holy Spirit versus education. Mm -hmm. It simply means that no matter how much training you get, how much experience you get, you still need the Holy Spirit at the end of the day to make things really happen. Yeah. And that, that will keep anybody's ministry fresh and powerful and effective. Because Jesus said, when the Spirit of God comes, He will convince of truth. He will convince of righteousness and, and sin and judgment. He will guide you into all truth. He will take everything about me and reveal it to you. Hmm. So I would just urge people to keep fresh yielding to the Spirit of God constantly. Every time you do a Bible study, every time you have a quiet time, make sure you're open to the Holy Spirit. Every time you attend church, every time you stand up and speak, any time you counsel people, make sure that you preface it by yielding yourself and, and, and opening up your, uh, the channel of your life to uh, the Holy Spirit's power. Mm -hmm. That's good. So do it out of a place of passion and do it with the Holy Spirit. What would the third, uh, third tip be? The third tip would be to not look on the things that are seen. Mm -hmm. I know many times, like the times that I just spoke about, that, that were tough times. Mm -hmm. And I look back now and I realize, oh wow, we were really making hay in the heavenlies. Mm -hmm. We were really smashing down the powers of darkness. But because we couldn't see results in front of us, mm -hmm. we became very discouraged. Of course, we were young and we were inexperienced. But we must not look at our ministries only in terms of how many people are now coming to my church, how many churches have I started, uh, how many people have I been able to lead to the Lord. We shouldn't look only in those terms that we can see. Mm -hmm. Certainly that's an indicator for sure. But we need to have eyes like 2 Corinthians 4 says, don't look on the things that are seen but the things that are unseen. And we need to be able to, particularly as intercessors, we need to be able to look into the heavenlies and see how much darkness you're pushing back and how much strongholds of the enemy you're breaking down and how much of the Holy Spirit you are releasing. And that's happening as you're in worship and mm -hmm. praise. That's happening every time you pray. That's happening as you walk a walk of obedience. That's, that's happening every time you declare the word. You are, you are making, uh, you are pushing back darkness. You are breaking down and weakening the strongholds of the enemy. And you're releasing the Spirit of God and the light of God mm -hmm. in all of your Christian activities. And what God showed me a long time ago is if you're going to have an intercessory life and an intercessory ministry, you will not always be the beneficiary mm -hmm of the things that you broke down and released in prayer. Hmm. Other churches and other groups and other ministries will 
reap that harvest. You know, Paul said uh, one time to the Corinthians, you know, I watered and Paul watered and God gives the increase. Right. And he's going, guys, don't, don't be saying that Apollos was a big, big time ministry more than me just because by the time he got here, there were more people. Right. Because we each had a part in that that uh, happened in the heavenlies. And God said to me a long time ago, YWAM, even as an organization, and there are others, of course, is um, an intercessory uh, calling. And that means that YWAM is being used by God because of our are trusting God for finances and trusting God and pushing we're always pushing through in the spirit world otherwise we won't eat hmm. and God uses that to break down things in the spirit world and to release the spirit of God and then that benefits the whole church in a city or the whole church in a country hmm. and it benefits other ministries and many times they reap a lot of the results more than the, than the people who have been in the in the intercessory life and intercessory prayer. That's good. That's good. Um, last question is just: Has there been anything that's been inspiring you lately? Has there been a book, a resource, a person, uh, and anything that's really been inspiring you lately? Oh my! Now I'm uh, going to show how much I don't read or I don't <laughs> read enough. Um, the thing that's inspiring me most lately is. I'm seeing things like are happening through my old friend um, Brian Houston down in Sydney, Australia with Hillsong and how God has given them a platform uh, all across the world and how they are using uh, the technology and the media and the, yeah, even a kind of a performance-oriented situation which they get a lot of criticism from. But if you're going to be media worthy so that people are attracted to watch something, it's got to be more than a preacher standing up there and droning on. Right. And I just see how that, that their approach to things has, has, has been a, a real uh, attraction to the millennial generation. And right. I think all of us should should take note of that and you know we can't be Hillsong and we don't have their calling or their anointing and they may even have some negative things about them but that, that's not the issue the issue is to see what is God doing there and why is it so effective and how can I incorporate that so I really want to cheer on mm. things like that you know um, I'm also inspired by um, some of my friends that are into things like uh, world relief. Hmm. I just uh, spent some time uh, speaking to the world relief staff back in Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, the leader, uh, CEO of that, uh, uh, Stephen Bauman, has just written a book called Possible, hmm. uh, Changing the Way We Change the World. Hmm. And I am inspired by all of these um, creative uh, ways to in influence in society without being overtly Christian. Hmm. And again, if you are a real strong fundamentalist in your thinking, you're going to uh, first think that's a compromise. Hmm. But you see, the world is going to be increasingly anti-Christian and increasingly even maybe violent like it was in the first three centuries. Hmm. Uh, persecuting and killing Christians 
and the Christians went underground. Huh. Well, I think we're going to have to go underground again, but maybe not in the same way. Not underground in the sense of hiding, but underground in the sense that we don't necessarily wear our Christianity on our forehead or on our sleeve, mm -hmm. but we're out there serving society and helping the poor and putting together all kinds of creative ways for society to be self-sufficient and communities to be um, self-sustaining and helping the environment and doing all of these things that some of the enemies of truth and the enemies of Christianity think is their thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we can work our way to the front of the parade and begin to really take on these things in society that have been considered uh, that belong to the non-Christians, and we begin to lead in this way, people will then be attracted to us like they were attracted to Jesus. Hmm. And then it's not a big deal really to introduce them to uh, the one who motivates us right. and whose um, footsteps we're trying to follow in. Yeah. You know? That's kind of how Jesus played it. He didn't just stand out there and say, I'm the son of God, trust in me. Right. He went out there and fed hungry people and healed people and had compassion on the multitudes and did all of these uh, very practical and human things. And then when people were drawn to him, then they went, oh, wow, I guess this guy is uh, the son of God. And say so that's why on the day of Pentecost and later on a few days later, 5,000 people, 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, because these were people who go, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. I really liked him. And boom, now they're ready to believe. So I'm inspired by new and creative and almost sneaky ways of never, never sneaky in the motivational sense, but uh, inobtrusive ways to go kind of under the radar and love and serve our fellow man, almost like a humanist. Mm -hmm. And then because we have the Holy Spirit with us, He's going to crunch through the darkness and and register in people's minds. Hey, this is uh, this is the way to go. This is the Son of God. This is the way to uh, eternal life and forgiveness. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Dean, thanks so much for being on the show. Would you just close us out by uh, taking some time to pray for our listeners? God, I pray for everybody listening to this right now. I pray that you will um, line them up, Lord, in what you have for each of them. I pray, Father, that you will fit each person who's listening into what they are created for and what they are uh, gifted for. I pray, Lord, that you'll use whoever they are in their uniqueness. Use whatever they've studied. Use whatever they've experienced. And God, put them on a track that fits them right down to the ground so that they can accomplish in bringing your kingdom to come and your will to be done to every part of human existence, to every part of society. I pray, Lord, that you'll set them free from thinking everything's got to be done in the traditional Christian church sense, and that they will uh, that they will see ministry by your Spirit and uh, by the the tr power of your truth can go through any vehicle that uh, they are gifted for and called to do. So, Lord, line them up and send them out in all of these different avenues of service for your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for being on the show, Dean.
If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources mentioned on this episode. To find out more about Doing Ministry Well, check out our website, www.doingministrywell.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on who we should interview next, email us at doingministrywell at gmail.com. To find out more about me, your hosts, visit my blog at www.jimjessbaker.com. That's www.jimjessasinjessicabaker.com. All links are Amazon affiliate links and help us out when you make a purchase through them.